The following episode of An Evening at the Movies is brought to you by the I Did Not Make These Rankings Podcast Network. Masturbators, The Sip List, An Evening at the Movies, Crushgasm, and Love is Black all bring you this following episode. Thank you very much and have a nice day. everybody welcome back to everybody's favorite movie-based podcast this is an evening at the movies i am your party host KCB, and we are here tonight to celebrate the birthday of one quarter of mount sipmore so we are here to wish miss jean a happy birthday you say it's your birthday it's my birthday too. Not your birthday too, but I let you sing it. <laughs> but we are gonna party like it's your birthday. Yeah. Yeah. Which means we'll all be dead by now, like, right? <laughs> we're gonna party like it's fucking 1999, goddammit. It's my party and I'll go to bed at nine if I want to. <laughs> I feel Pretty that much. In my soul. That's why uh, it was a good time to go ahead and get this started since it's already 7:30 Oki time. Yeah. Obviously, as you can tell from all the voices, the co-host, my plobster, is here with us tonight, at least briefly. Yeah, very briefly. So, (laughs) everything she does is briefly. So, say hi, co-host. I beg to differ, but whatever. (laughs) She begs for a lot, actually. Uh, I am not the beggar. I am the giver of begs. That makes you the beggar. Right, no. that's exactly how that I'm works. I'm the, the person who begs. <laughs> I'm not the beggar. I'm the giver of begs. You know what they say, beggars beg. can't be worders. You know what they say, you fuck right off. That's what they say. Uh, God, I miss the boy sex. It is Wait, does so this count as cyber sex? Have all four of us together. Why not? <laughs> kind of cyber sexual assault. Rude. No, I thought you were giving the bags. Anyway. And anyway, since Queenie already <laughs> said hello to everybody, we are joined by the other half of Mount Sidmore as well. The birthday girl is here. Jean, say hello, Jean. Hello, Jean. Let's see, catching on. I set Amanda up for that and she just literally just you blew right by it. I try to let some of them go because I do it every time. My papa was a big a big person and doing that. Like he did that all the time. My mom would say when we were getting off the phone, she'd say, Okay, say I love you, Papa. And he'd say, I love you, Papa. Yep. 
I have to let some of them go or it's not funny. So now Jean gets to do it and that's better. Yeah, you know. It is what it is. And last but not least, we have Jean's Twinja is with us tonight as well. Say hello, Twinja number two. Mr. Bedroom Wizard. Can eat you uh, bitches. <laughs> Otherwise known as Gail Gandalf. We went, we went Harry Potter and Happy Vagina Exit Day. Yes. <laughs> I was going to go with Harry Twatter, but then I decided. I like it. I was going with my normal, and then I logged in and saw Griffin Horror, and I'm like, okay, I can, yeah, I love it. Yes. Well done. <laughs> If I were here for the whole episode, I would have said Harry Twatter, but I'm just here to wish you happy vagina exit day. So, well, thanks. She's just here so she don't get fined. I got a super awesome birthday well, present of no skin cancer on the biopsy from my shoulder. Well, how? Yeah. 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 Now I got to go next Thursday to get my nose biopsied. <laughs> What's wrong with your nose? Right? Thank you. That's what I said. I was like, what? Apparently, like, right here where it's pink, I, it could be cancerous. I don't really know. I'm not a dermatologist because clearly I didn't think anything was wrong with my nose. I don't think anything's wrong with your nose. I, yeah. It's, uh, I know nothing. Interesting. I'll know something next week. Actually, two weeks from now. So, will it be sent to you? It will be sent to me. I hope it's not a nose oh, Nails did. Nails did. Look, that doesn't work. Never mind. We're so dumb. I love it. For anybody listening, this so, is how our group chats go every fucking day, all <laughs> the time. Literally wow. every day. So before I let Amanda dip out the fucking door. Um, Queenie, would you like to join us for a little birthday surprise? Ooh, Mad Libs, hell yeah. Yay! I was like, ooh, I have a surprise. Please don't shoot the messenger because I haven't researched to find out if it's appropriate or not. I'm just opening the book <laughs> to... We're going to make it inappropriate. Like, what's appropriate? Well, no, we're going to make it... We're not trying to do anything with babies and fornication and whatever yeah, that one was all about. Uh, that's that's true. true. That one was bad. That was, yeah. your birthday. Happy birthday to you. Sorry. I love okay. that song. So, well, that makes one of us. We are going to do a reality show drama. Oh, reality show drama. All right. We will start out with the birthday girl and a noun. Um, a noun. Let's go with ball sack. Yeah, yeah. And Queenie, a yes. place. <sighs> Sex dungeon. Oh Lord. Here we go. <laughs> and 
Palpatine a part of the body? Oh, God. Labia. <laughs> Ball sacks and labia. Is it the In other words, what hot dogs are made of? Or is it both labii? Is it labii? Labia. No, just one of them. I don't really care about the other one. <laughs> this is going to be interesting because the one I got is female in the room. Mm. We'll leave that one for a surprise. Oh, boy. Uh, Jean, part of the body, plural. Man. <laughs> Ready some ball sack. So um, let's go with earlobes mm. wow i mean we're just gonna we're gonna Not get weird we're gonna make it weird <laughs> oh we always oh. do it's erogenous um popster uh noun somebody needs to turn their phone off <laughs> he never remembers yes was it me this time I'm gonna say, damn it, I don't know. Um, <coughs> dog hair. Dog, dog hair. hair? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Lobes and dog hair. <laughs> and labias and ball sacks. Um, Pal Palpatine, a verb ending in ing. Do you finish reading? Of course, it's better than dog hair. I don't want to fucking hear it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm looking around the room, and that's all I see. <laughs> and plural noun for me cock rings. And that one automatically hey, in. <laughs> Noun for Jean. Noun for me. Um. All right. Let's see. You said cock rings. Dog hair. <laughs> Dog hair's already taken. Can't use that. <laughs> Let's go with asshole. A bleached one? Bleached. Like what? What made you asshole? <laughs> oh, uh, um, verb, verb ending in ing. Is that fucking. George asked if I got my asshole bleached when I got it waxed. I was like, no, I thought bleaching was going a little too far. <laughs> Not and that's the first adjective. So thank you. I was wondering. Verb. Jeez. I know. Right. Verb. I thought I was freaking absolutely picked the wrong one. Verb. Procreate. Mm. Are we are we being biblical again? Maybe. What wasn't that the Bruce Willis one we were no, that was a draft show or no. It was a syphilis. You weren't on it. Never mind. My bad. I'm sorry. We were keeping it biblical. <laughs> and do, 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 do. licking. 
and the dog hair part of the body. For Jesus. <laughs> part of the body for Gene. Part of the body again? How are you getting all the biology? Um, let's go with, let's see. Part of the body. Clitoris. Yes. It's the best part. <laughs> Follow clitoris up with an animal for Amanda. Can mm, I go with my normal? I don't think I will. I'm going to say koala bear. Which is similar looking. It is similar. <laughs> it's got the rings. I get made fun of for the trash panda, so I'll go with something else. <laughs> you do use it every time. So I'm proud yeah, of you. I had a dream last night that I was petting a bear. Somebody had a bear as a pet, and I was petting it, and it was licking my face, and it was all, it was cuddly like a dog. It was hmm. real. Interesting. Sorry. Anyway. Uh, plural noun for Mr. Cole. Uh, titties. Teats. Fun bags. <laughs> Midget fists. Motorboat bags. Meat flaps. All right, uh, Jean, female name. Oh, Mildred. Wow. <laughs> I was hoping somebody th would throw a Kardashian in there since we're doing reality show, but. <laughs> you don't know, there might be a Mildred Kardashian. <laughs> Kardashian. There is okay. Mildred. On Kimberly that Mildred note, Amanda. Kardashian, thank you. <laughs> Yes. Female name. Oh. There you uh, go. I'm going to go with Chloe Kardashian. Oh, Jesus. <clears throat> and Chris noun. <laughs> I love how we all just look around for the. We're running out of body <laughs> parts. I mean, big toe. I said I was looking around the room. <laughs> big toe. Uh, we all do it now, and we're like, "What can I say?" <laughs> oh, look! There's my record player. Said record big toe. Player. Not. Big toe. <laughs> you know what? Scratch that. Let's go with donkey dick. Toe. Did you say donkey dick? Donkey dick. Okay. Here you wrote down big toe. Somebody's feeling adventurous. I have this hair that just keeps like curling into my face. <laughs> All right. Reality show drama. Did you miss dun, the latest dun. episode of the real ball sack lives of sex dungeon? <laughs> Here's a recap of all the labia stabbing behavior you won't want to miss. Wait, does that mean a labia <laughs> labia stabs? Uh, yes. Stab each other in the labia. <laughs> okay, wait. Oh, wait but it's going to get better. Start over. Woo. So, okay. 
<clears throat> so remember so remember how Jean wanted to give her 16-year-old daughter a pair of double D earlobes for her birthday. <laughs> Turns out her dad is being sued for dog hair evasion and the <laughs> bank is for defenestrating on their house. Uh-oh. The girl and cried oh. the girl okay the girl threw a hissy fit and cried buckets of cock rings no <laughs> plastic asshole for anyone <laughs> I, nobody wants a plastic asshole I mean so sad that's gonna change but my wait movie. gene is sweet fucking the doctor into a discount Ooh, so yeah, maybe girl. this tale will have a, <laughs> so maybe this tale will have a certifiably fuckable ending after all. Get it. Then the single and ready to procreate Amanda was <laughs> seen licking up a storm with the husband of her boss. <laughs> Amanda. Get it, girl. I'm, I'm yeah, thank you. I'm sorry. No, Here, sorry. Here it comes. I'm you know where to find me if you ever need company, she whispered in his clitoris. <laughs> Risky. Of course, no episode is complete without a koala bear fight between two so-called best titties at an 80s fornicate up party. Mildred called Khloe Kardashian a fashion donkey dick. Meow. <laughs> Don't forget to kill in next week. Nice. <coughs> Crying buckets of cock rings. Oh, that labia stabbing. Crying <laughs> buckets of cock rings. So, yes, did, did a labia stab another <laughs> labia? labia? stab a person for looking at their labia? Did somebody stab a labia or both labia? Did someone get stabbed over labia? I'm very all of it. All of it. It's drama. All of it. It's well, I'm guessing lady. since there was clitoris involved, they went lickety split. <laughs> Likely. Oh, so. Papa Palpatine. Followed by a spit shine. Yes, please. <sighs> all right. You kids have on fun that note. Thanks, man. Thanks for hopping on. And happy birthdays. That's what he said. For the birthday salutations. Well, you know, if somebody would ever finish the damn franchise, she could jump in here and join us when we discuss Harry Potter. Happy right. shout day. They'll have rebooted the franchise twice before Amanda actually finishes you know it. what? No, I but I'm sure you're about to tell me. Problems. <laughs> <laughs> not that I couldn't be fixing it because I'm watching Ted Lasso for the second time right now, but also I'm not really watching it. So. Oh, I love Ted Lasso. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. Oh, I'm excited. yeah. We thought we were going to be able to get, get through Luther it, to go watch the movie tomorrow, and it's just not. It comes out on the 10th. No, well, it comes out in theaters for one night tomorrow. Oh, yeah, I didn't know that. I, I haven't gotten past. <laughs> I've watched season five, and I don't know where Cassandra ended up, and mm. I can't ask her where she ended up because the only way I know to ask her would be a major spoiler. So yeah. we'll just start it over. Luther. Um, the TV show. Yeah. The, the, Idris Elba doing Idris Elba. Star Star Dark Chocolate Boyfriend. Arr. 
Yeah, so Look, they're doing a movie. Who among us wouldn't fucking Chris Hemsworth? All of us. Hmm, none of us I would mean, not. Yeah, I was gonna say I the voice, man. Chris, the voice. I was gonna say Chris and Casey probably would go gay for that. I'm gonna do butt stuff. That's how much I. <clears throat> anyway. So would they? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Obviously. Well, I can't bust out my man clitoris, so I'm gonna have to go for the butt stuff. Yeah. And where do you think a guy's clitoris? A guy's clitoris is in his stab labia. It's his taint. Yeah. Well, see, the same plastic asshole. (laughs) Oh, boy. Oh, people, people, people. (laughs) Have fun. Thanks. Love you all. Let's reconnect soon. We always do. Work and do. And For sure. Happy birthday, Jeannie Marie. I Thanks. <laughs> okay, Even bye. Even though it's still technically two days away. Well, boy. Peace bye. and hair grease. Yes. <laughs> all right. Now that the behind one is gone, we're going to discuss... Book four, movie well, movie four of the Harry Potter franchise because Gene and I are already through the first three, and Papa Palpatine needs to jump in here for this one. So, we're going to discuss the Goblet of Fire and Mr. Tinja. Do you have a um, movie phone presentation ready for me? Ask me a serious question. You want me to ask you a silly question? How was the basketball game did. last night? Eh, well, I mean, they kept spotting the number three team in the West double point digit or double digit leads, so yeah, it didn't end very well. Also, you should have to sit there and watch fucking LeBron eat my grundle. Let's go. <laughs> Whenever you are ready. Yeah. Do you need an intro? Do we need a I, I mean, do we need an intro for <laughs> I, mean, I, I feel like I should get like theme music for this, but all right. Yeah. Like... <laughs> all right. Here we go. Time uh, Casey, you ready to time me? Yes. All right. And away we go. In a world of wizarding and magic. Harry Potter is thrust into the Triwizard Tournament against his wishes and the wishes of the uh, the contest. This movie stars the guy who finally got redeemed in The Batman. Not at all a Russian stereotype. The other hot chick that married a Weasley. The third place winner of the Harry Potter lookalike contest. The fourth movie in the franchise. It's Harry Potter. No diggory. No doubt. That's me. (laughs) (coughs) In some way, shape, or form, though, that pretty much does sum up the whole entire movie in about 37 seconds, which was what it was. God, I went over. All right. Oh, well. You're fired. It's because you stuttered. It's because you stuttered for just a second. Yeah. It's all right. Well, and you kind of sort of got off on a 
two second delay there at the beginning. So we'll, we'll go ahead and we'll count it as a success. Successful. So, Still not as good as, as our Lord of the Rings, but <laughs> that was really hard. <laughs> I don't know that anything's going to top that. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Uh, let's see. Goblet of Fire was directed by Mike Newell, obviously based on the book by Big Mouth herself. Um, was released on November 18, 2005, had a budget of $150 million, and yeah, fuck it, I'll give each one of you a crack. What do you think the box office was for Goblet of Fire? Mm, U.S. Worldwide. I'm guessing this number is worldwide. So go big or go home. I don't think it made it into the billion club, so I'm gonna say six seventy five. Um I don't know. I can't even I don't know. Six seventy and Gene wins the prize for being closest without going over. Yeah! The price is wrong. Bitch. $196.7 million. Wow. So, yes, Chris was right. It doesn't hit the billion-dollar club. But it's pretty close. Yet. That's I think crazy. by the time we get through... Deathly Hollows Part 2, I think we're probably looking at right there at a billion, if not over. Crazy. Worldwide. And, of course, it had a Rotten Tomato score of 88%. Which I think is kind of low because I actually enjoy this movie, but we'll get to that later in the episode. For Rotten Tomatoes, because I have solid. Well, you could, as we say in the, the I Did Not Make These Rankings podcast network, uh, fuck Rotten Tomatoes. Hmm. So we're sitting here now at the halfway point in our venture into the franchise. So curious to ask both of you this. Um, of the first four movies, which one of the four would probably be you consider your, to be your favorite? Not Chamber. Um, well, I think that's pretty much a safe bet for anyone. Yeah, my favorite is still Sorcerer's Stone, man. Yeah, I, I think I have to go with that because just the, the the pure wonder of that movie and yes. all the universe setting and John fucking Williams doing the soundtrack. Uh, it's just hard yeah. to beat that. That, that whole thing and Chris Columbus did a, an amazing job directing the first one. Well, and Richard Harris, RIP, like he he was just such an awesome Dumbledore. He absolutely was. Um, I'm not I, I saying that Michael gets... Gamble, but he and Richard Harris are definitely two different Dumbledores. Well, but we had that conversation in the previous episodes where. 
the fact that he was in one and two and passed away and and Michael picked up at three where it starts to get darker was mm -hmm. perfect timing because that shift in Dumbledore himself, I don't know that. I mean, Richard, Richard Harris could have pulled it off, but I think it's better suited for Gambon. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And I think Gambon made the right choice by not trying to be Richard Harris and being his own version of of Dumbledore. For sure. Yeah. Um, and and so he had that, that horrible... Player. Yeah, we've talked about this multiple times for other roles. How do you pay homage while still making it your own? Um, and I think the direction he took it in, a like Gene said, went way better for the the darker parts mm -hmm. of the series, and um, still kept that bit of whimsy that Richard Harris established so well uh, in the first well, couple of movies. Because let's be honest, the franchise took a very dark turn in. Azkaban. Well, yeah. Oh, and if you thought it took a dark turn in Azkaban, it got darker in Gobblefire. Yeah. I don't think Gobblefire was any darker than Azkaban. I don't think it's no. I feel like I feel like Azkaban <laughs> was really dark because for the majority of the book and the movie, you know, you're under the impression that Sirius murdered. Essentially, you know, he told Lillian Voldemort James. he sold out the the yeah. Lillian James and and that he's out to get Harry. So you think you spend the whole like book slash movie if you didn't read the books thinking, and that's like scary, you know, not scary, but it's it's a darker path than what we had in the right. previous two movies about kids and magic right like this is a whole other like oh shit somebody's trying to murder me that's not voldemort obviously but it the whole it, thing it and like the mood of it was dark the whole everything was dark in azkaban yeah uh, i mean it yeah. started out dark with the 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 mentors hitting harry and and pugsley Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> whatever his name is Dudley. <laughs> whatever shithead um fuck boy <laughs> anyway so it it started out the movie started out dark um yeah. and even though there were some some moments of of brevity and there were some moments of of back to the whimsy that is harry potter um there was just so much darkness in there that um it feels like a turning point in the story of you know harry's the the chosen one the the little kid who's getting you know annoyed by voldemort to oh shit people are dying right well and even so this movie starts out dark right oh, absolutely. we start out with the dream mm -hmm. and yeah. they kill the muggle caretaker like that's dark. So you're starting off the movie with a murder. <laughs> well, yeah, and it progresses and it all the way up to the up. end. The I, I kind of like how they do the whole 
dark and then it kind of lightens up with, oh, we're going to the Quidditch World Cup. Sweet. Yay. Cool. And then all of the hype of after the World Cup and they're all excited because where they're at and then it gets dark again. Right. Like it's just like this roller coaster of darkness, fun, darkness, fun. And, and there's just a, uh, enough up in that roller coaster to make you forget for just a moment, and then it drops further. Right. And it comes up a little bit and drops further. I mean, it's yeah. just it's just a, a roller coaster into hell. Yeah. Yeah. Or well, West Texas, depending on where you are. West Texas for sure. <laughs> Fuck Dallas. Um, but yeah, I think that's where the little um, different, for lack of a better, challenges or games or whatever you want to call them as part of the tournament. They serve to, it goes dark and then there's a, a game and it kind of sort of lightens up and you get what you get and then it gets dark again and then you get round two and then it kind of sort of lightens up and then you get round three where it really gets dark, which happens to be my favorite scene in the whole entire movie for reasons that I will address later in the episode again as well, but it is what it is. Yeah. So, um, as far as this movie goes, um, we'll go ahead and start off with the birthday girl. Um, what was probably the most, intriguing or fascinating part of the movie that really reeled you in as far as the story goes? Um, I mean, because I read the book, you know, first, um, it's hard to say what part of the movie reeled me in. Cause I was already reeled in, um, I don't know. I, I just thought from book to screen, it was it was very well done. So I was happy overall. Um, and I love that, you know, again, we keep the same characters, like the same actors. So we're watching these kids grow up. That's like one of my most favorite parts of this entire series is that they're not changing people up, you know. Um, so I, I remember I, after Sorcerer's Stone came out too, there was always the talk of, well, how long are they going to be able to carry on with these characters before they're going to have to recast everything? Because obviously <clears throat> at the time, initially seven movies, and then obviously Deathly Hollows got split into two. But you figure throughout the course of movie production, seven movies over what? 12 years or whatever the hell it was ultimately at the end of the day that, that you don't necessarily know how those kids are going to grow up and are they going to be passable to mm -hmm. still be considered Harry and Ron and Hermione yeah. and the twins and Draco and all of that and I think they really hit the freaking jackpot with those kids when they cast them because for the most part, the majority of them aged really well, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. So same question for you, Papa Palpatine. So like, like Jen, I, I read the books first. Um, I, I came in later into the books. I think I, I started reading 
uh, right before Half Blood Prince came out. Um, so I'd already heard some of the jokes from from people about the, the way some of the books went. Um, and, mm-hmm. and so I think what really drew me in book wise uh, was was Moody, um, yeah. because there's the ongoing joke throughout the books about what happens to the defense of the dark, uh, against the dark arts teacher. Um, but he didn't. He wasn't self serving uh, like the previous three uh, until you find out the twist later on. I was about to say no, until you find out the it twist later. On. Right, right. But but just the, the, the character Mad Eye and yeah. the way he treated Harry and the way he treated really all the kids. Right. Um, that one drew me in because I'm like, okay, where's the where's the twist? Is she is she gonna break the streak? Uh, by that I mean Rowling, or or you know what's what's gonna happen here? It I thought he was so well written in the book and mm-hmm. so well acted by Brendan Gleeson that I just I just loved watching that character through the movie. Yeah, he was he was awesome. He and he's awesome in you know the couple that he's in. Um, that's a, just a fantastic character. Absolutely, and I, I think he nailed it. Yeah, same. Yeah, that was one. I felt that was definitely one of those characters that definitely, as an actor, that would be something that you could almost dream to get your hands on because you could pretty much go and do whatever you want with the role, and mm-hmm. for the most part, people would accept it because there's a whole lot of weirdness and creepiness and whatever with moody but then you get the twist at the end and you find out what what you know what screw this shit the movie's been out for friggin yeah we have to go spoiler free uh, right i mean it's you know but it also goes with like talking about the movie (laughs) Oh yeah, well, you spoil and, it now and, or you spoil it later. At the same, okay. What, what I'm going to trust the fact that I love the idea. Uh, well, because I started reading the books about the time Azkaban came out, just because I had nothing else to read at the time, and I literally went through. Sorcerer's Stone, Chamber of Secrets, and Azkaban in like six days, seven days, whatever it was. It was a really fast read, and it was hard to put down. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, this big, thick, Stephen King freaking sized <laughs> novel right. that is Goblet of Fire comes out. And it's like, okay, so obviously this is going to take a little bit more time, but it really didn't. I mean, it probably took a day or two longer to read than each part of the first three. But mm-hmm. for some, for a story that's got so much going on at all times throughout the entire movie, throughout the entire book, I thought it was a really well-written book. And like you were saying, the movie, as far as adaptations go, is a pretty good adaptation of what um, Big Mouth wrote in the book. Mm-hmm. So I like the idea of if somebody can take a 
piece of literature like Goblet of Fire or whatever and remain pretty faithful to the source material when you make the movie, then you're automatically two or three steps ahead of me because that's a huge... Nobody ever does faithful adaptations. And yeah, yeah. I'm with you I've there. said it before because, as we all know, one of my favorite authors is Stephen King, and you can probably count on one hand how many times somebody has done a faithful adaptation of one of his books. Well, that's why and I even the, the Harry Potter ones. series was number one on my, we did the sip list countdown, top five mm -hmm. book to movie, whatever adaptations, whatever. And my number one was the Harry Potter series. Well, could, they, there was definitely differences between the books and the movies. Well, there had to be, but, right? I mean, you can't, you can't bring all of well, that. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, no, you absolutely you couldn't. But even like the smaller books, like okay, the smallest book being Sorcerer's Stone, you know, that still was even with the changes that they made, a what two and a half hour long movie. Mm -hmm. or whatever it boiled out to at the end. So, you know, obviously if aspects of the book get added into the movie as well, you're pushing three hours, and that was really at the dawn of the whole, your epic movies have to be three plus hours long, which most of them are nowadays, as we can all attest to. I mean, yeah. even like your Marvel movies are all minimum two and a half, and a half yeah. hours long. Mm -hmm. Which I don't complain about because I like getting lost in a movie, but at the same time, if it's not something that you're into, it can be a very painful experience to sit through like yeah. somebody else we know who doesn't particularly care for Harry Potter, but is trying to drudge her way through so that she can be one of the cool people. But I think we'll be done with part two of Deathly Hollows before she's done with <laughs> Order. Just saying, love you, Plobster, but we're kicking along right here and we're not holding back for you. Um. So I did. I did oh. like uh, in the movie. I okay. did like how they brought in, um the Bobatin and um the uh Durmstrang. I like how they came in. That was a oh the entrances, yeah, those were all awesome. yeah, that was a cool like well with them flying in and them coming up out of the lake and and then also their entrances into the grand hall or whatever. That was you know I mean the girls were yeah. whatever, you know. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, it was like a little little fairy two-step dance thing or whatever it was. But Yeah. I and then the boys came in and they were just like, raw. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I don't remember. And you guys can possibly attest to this more than I can. But I don't remember those entrances being that elaborate in the book and I mean I, I feel like seeing it is 
is definitely always going to be better in that type of a situation. Just because, you know, writing about it, it's not going to seem as grand as when you actually see it. And the, the book's thick enough. I don't need her wasting seven pages describing the girls' outfits and how they're dancing. Yeah, true. <laughs> uh, uh, hence the reason why Stephen King could not write that because it would have been like a 12-page long. And then they the door swung open magically and... To the left. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I did like how Seamus was like, that's a big woman. And the Madame Maxime walks in. That's a big woman. <laughs> well, ridiculous. Yeah, she's like freaking huge. But well, she is part giant. Reality, yes. Well, yeah. But in all reality, like her and Robbie Coltrane, rest in peace. Because initially we had thought about doing this as a tribute to robbie when he passed away last year but um they're not big people by any stretch of the imagination robbie's actually what well not is but was a fairly short act i mean for those of you who've seen him in like james bond or any of the other stuff he's been in i mean the guy had a hell of a damn career but you know, but even like John Coffey in the Green Mile, though, yeah, he's mm-hmm. a big guy, but there's little tricks of the trade when you film things that can obviously make somebody look a lot more enormous than what they are. Well, and, and I love that they had a fake Hagrid, that's like one of my most favorite things about the entire series was watching the. Uh, 20th anniversary special and the behind the scenes stuff. Have y'all seen any of that? Mm-mm. So mm-hmm. they had, they brought in a guy who was like six foot seven and they built a Hagrid suit for him to wear that had, you know, the big thicker boots that made him like over seven feet tall. And he, it was a fake Hagrid and they eventually got it to where the face, like the mask, um, could blink mm. and smile and stuff. So in the scenes where you had to see Hagrid, like, walking with, um, you know, the kids, you needed to see the actual size difference. That's a fake Hagrid. So uh, according to IMDb, uh, Robbie Coltrane was, was six foot. Was he? I thought I'd read somewhere that he was like 5'8 or 5'9, but okay. Well, still. Six six foot foot playing a giant is still no small task. Damn. That's why they make fake Hagrid. Fake Hagrid. Oh, man. It was so believable, though. Like, he, they did a great job. No, the, the effects throughout the entire series, both the, the practical and the, the CG, was, was really, really well done. Mm-hmm. Um, and literally, like, every movie that came along after Sorcerer's Stone, it just kept 
getting better and better and better and better until ultimately you get to that climax scene at the end of part Deathly Hollows part two. And we'll get to that a few episodes down the road when we get to Deathly Hollows because obviously that's going to have to be addressed in an in-depth whatever it is because that's the ultimate moment in the whole entire franchise that you literally for seven books or eight movies have been waiting for. But well, what was um, cool about this one is that you got like a variety of those special effects, right? So mm-hmm. you had like the lake scene with the Grindelows and the Mer people and you had dragons and Dementors and like you had all these things in this one movie. Right. Well, and like I love the dragon challenge because a whole lot of that it literally you can't tell that that's a CGI effect. I mean, it literally looks like there's dragons in the actual arena with the kids and everybody. Yeah. That's what's awesome and, about all of these is that there's their effects were so realistic. They all looked amazing. The uh, yeah, the, the, the suspension well, of disbelief for those movies is is easy. Yeah. Yeah, but you know the dragons are CG, right? You know the right. spells are CG, but they're so yeah. seamlessly integrated that you feel like they're real. Um, yeah. I, I really wish they'd have done maybe part of that in in 3D just to have it explode off the screen. Oh, that would have been cool. The the dragon part where he's like flying. Yeah. Out oh. when he breaks free and they're all over the all over campus and stuff. That would have been awesome. Right. Um wow. I'll, I'll, can, we, can we go back to the challenges for a moment? Because I kind of want to point yes. out yes. that wizards are assholes. Yes. <laughs> Starting um, with Barty Crouch. The whole, we're going to throw your loved one into the water. I hope you can save them. Mm-hmm. Fucking hell, right? man. It's a contest. Well, no, and it's not even, we're going to throw your loved one in there. It's, we took something of yours. Oh, right, right. Yeah, We took yeah. something of yours that you have to go get back. They right. don't know what they it don't is. tell you it's a loved one. <laughs> You're right. Anything. No, it wasn't. Yeah, we took some of your shit. It's yeah. underwater. Have fun. Yeah. Oh, it's in the Black Lake. Okay, they're not thinking it's people. <laughs> yeah. Nope, not, is that literally... Not cool. <laughs> revealing that it's people adds a, another whole level of urgency to the fact that, yeah, we threw peoples in the Black Lake, and guess what? Not only now do you have to figure out a good spell that's going to protect you to go and get them, but, yeah, TikTok they're living on borrowed time before you have one hour. <laughs> <laughs> right? No fucking pressure. Well, I did love though the whole scene in the bathtub with moaning Myrtle. Right. And she's like, Oh, you got it much quicker than the dickery boy. All the bubbles were almost gone. She's such a perv. Right? She's had a lot of free time. <laughs> Yeah, but and she's kind of stuck in the bathroom. It's so funny. I just love her. She's she's one of my favorites. Just because anytime she's in there, she's gonna 
She's going to make you giggle a little bit. She always pops off with some kind of inappropriate shenanigan statement that it just it leaves you smacking your forehead and it's like laughing at the same time. Yeah. So I did notice on the challenges though. So you had Harry told everybody about the dragons, right? So they knew that was coming. And then Cedric helped Harry with the egg, but did nobody say nothing about the last one? (laughs) Like, did they? No, literally. Guess what? Now you transported into a fucking topiary maze and good luck getting out. Right? Yeah. You gotta go find yourself. Fucking J.K. Rowling's freaking homage to the fucking Shining. Ironically, neither of the two authors can stand each other now. Go figure. Yeah, that whole the whole maze was. Can you imagine how terrifying that would be? Because you've got like. When you're in the entrance, you can hear all the music and all the people. And as soon as it closes, it's silent. Like, no sounds whatsoever, except for what's in there. Oh, yeah. And by the way. (laughs) And you don't know what's in there. you got freaking vines that are trying to attack you and kill you. Whatever. Yeah, Yeah. what's going to happen in here? (laughs) What's going to happen? Creepy shit, that's what. You know, if you do happen to find the damn Triwizard Cup, oh, by the way, oh, now you're going to be transported to a fucking cemetery and be at the mercy of fucking he who shall not be named. Spoiler alert. I think the worst part of that that whole that whole maze is the entire movie, they, they and the book, I mean, it's both. To say that Victor is two-dimensional is a compliment. Yeah. There's a couple of moments where you see that he's not, you know, a brooding idiot when he's talking to Hermione. And they go into it a a little deeper in the book. But the man's a fucking Eastern European stereotype. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I thought uh, Fleur was bad as two-dimensional, but Jesus. Um, She didn't even bother to write Victor a damn thing. Well, so okay, like I said, he's a little deeper in the book, but he's like two point two D. I mean, in, in fairness, though, you know, yes, the focus is on the champions, but the focus is not ever on the champions, right? Like, right. the focus the whole time is on Harry because he is now tossed in the mix somehow. Um, so it's, the focus is there. We don't care about the other people so much. I feel like in the movie, they did do a decent job of giving him a little bit more because when they're at the dance, he's laughing and smiling and having fun with Hermione. Right. Um, but yeah, in the maze, I mean, what, what are we, what, what, what were you expecting more of? You know what I mean? Like, he goes in there. He's obviously terrified, just like everybody else at the beginning, like, wide-eyed and what the hell, right? And then he gets 
imperialist. So there's nothing for him to be. It just reinforces how incomplete the character is. Yeah. <coughs> I guess. But, I mean, he's a side look, I, I thought you were looking for some great moment of, of character development, right? Right. But, but the, entire, the entire story, you've got a cardboard cutout competing in the in the Triwizard Tournament. Two cardboard cutouts? <laughs> Floor's the other one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I said in the, in the synopsis, yeah, no. she's the other hot chick that marries a Weasley. Yeah. That's, that's her claim to fame yeah. later on, is she's the other hot chick that marries a Weasley. Yeah, so... Because that's literally about the only thing left phase. for her after the Triwizard. Yeah, because every time she pops in after that in the books, it's, oh, the wedding, oh, my husband, oh, a funeral. And that, that's it. I mean, she's, she's fucking window dressing. And no, one of my most favorite lines from her is when they're all turning into Harry. And she's, like, taking off her shirt. And he, Harry, he has a bra. And he's like, she goes, don't look at me, Bill. I'm hideous. We say that all the time at our house. <laughs> Don't look at me, I'm hideous. <laughs> so uh, she had a little bit of depth they... there. <laughs> Comedic relief. Yeah. Okay, yeah, fair. Okay, so they're Good in the maze, you. right? And they're we've lost Floor and Victor to the maze. And then we have Harry and Cedric. And they both see the cup and they both start like hauling ass to get there and they're like pulling on each other and fighting each other. And then what happens? The vines decide who needs to get to that cup. And guess what? It ain't gonna be Cedric. Yeah, but Harry. No, being well, the obviously good guy it's not. It's is, gonna be Harry, but being the good guy he is, he's like, ah, shit. I guess I'll help you. At least he admitted it, though, because Cedric's like, for a minute there, thought you were going to let it get me. And he's like, for a minute there, so did I. Like, yeah, I was about yeah. to let it get you, Batch. Come on. Well, I mean, the Think about it. If he'd have let the vines get him, Cedric would have lived. He would have. So, uh, he did a an accessory to murder. He, yes, he is. I will 100% so, yeah, agree because- with that. If he had let the vines get him, then Cedric would not have been about a cadaver by the newly reincarnated he who shall not be named. So uh, Harry thwarted divine intervention. He did. He did. Harry Potter. Painful. The hand of God. I'm going to play with your life, Cedric. Oh, shameful, shameful. He was like, no, I don't want no shrub. Exactly. God damn it, where's Amanda uh, for that? Why do you need Amanda? Because she really hates when I start laying on the puns. Mm. Yeah. But she can't hear all this stuff because she hasn't even watched fucking Azkaban Yeah, yet. she's not going to watch it, so it's fine. I mean, Again, the movie's yeah, I think almost 20 years old. We had point. a little bit of home in the beginning. 
I think Chamber of Secrets kind of sort of ruined everything. Um, We're not going to revisit that, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll, no. I'll, I'll, I'll get to my story on that Let's when we get to... keep uh, moving forward. <laughs> I do Speaking like when... When the Death Eaters all show up in the in the graveyard, <laughs> he's just like twelve years. It's been. We do that a lot too. When something has taken a long oh, time, the whole twelve we years. What the fuck? Only like a small handful of you sought me out and blah 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 and all that. Because mm -hmm. literally, it was the only people were basically there for him was the Malfoy family. Yeah, I guess. But, Those assholes. I mean, you could say Bellatrix, but she was kind of locked away in Azkaban for a while. She's an asshole, too. I'm pretty sure she was fucking insane before the Dementors got to her. Absolutely. She's one of my favorite characters, too. I love her in all her craziness. I personally love Helena Bonham Carter, period, as an actress to begin with. But mm -hmm. I think she captured the essence of everything that needed to be captured for Ms. Lestrange. Because she does that's another insane one that really well. She does, yeah. She does play well, crazy I mean, well. Prime examples: watch her in Goblet of, or watch her in Harry Potter, and then fucking watch her in Sweeney Todd. She's just pretty a sure it's the same character. Minus the teeth, <laughs> minus the teeth from Harry Emma Potter. Wand. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I mean Chris is probably right with that one. I mean they're both, yeah. And as yeah, much as you no, hate the crazy. Malfoys, Jason Isaacs. Ugh. Love him. I don't think I've ever seen him in anything that I didn't just both love him and hate him at the same time. Yes. He's just so great. Oh, yeah. Evil so fucking well. Mm hmm. I mean, I honestly uh, don't think I could come up with anybody else that could play that character as well as he did. I mean, I probably could if I sat down and thought about it, but... It's hard to replace any of them, though, because they all did such a bang-up job. Yeah. yeah, and at the same time, they all played these characters for the better part of a decade and a half, plus. Yeah. However long it was from release one to final movie coming out so at the end of the day Goblet of Fire may not be one of well no I would I will put Goblet of Fire is probably in the top three or four of the entire franchise in my honest personal opinion yeah because I think top Goblet of Fire is yeah, I think Goblet of Fire is really where, obviously, like we said earlier, Prisoner of Azkaban is where things go from magic and wonderment 
to a hard right-hand turn into freaking dark. But then I think Goblet of Fire, they really, really, really start setting the stage for what's to come in the back half of the franchise. Yeah, they start fleshing out some of the the secondary characters. Um, And I, I think this is really when Draco finally starts to go from Harry's foil because he's Harry's foil uh, to actually being his own person. Yeah. Um, and, and Tom Felton, he doesn't really get enough credit for how he grows Draco through the series. Yeah. I would agree with that. No, I would be willing to wager my entire paycheck this month that that subject will get addressed here in about two episodes when we talk about, the Half-Blood Prince. Oh, absolutely. It will, for sure, yeah. Because that... The ending of that movie was something. Oh. Well, okay, so let's get to the ending of this movie. Right. <laughs> because I cry every single time. This one gets me, and that one gets me. Every freaking time. And it makes me mad. Because I know... I've seen it a million times. I know what's coming, but it's Cedric's dad, dude. When he comes, when he realizes who that is and that yeah. he ain't moving, and he's like, my boy, that's my boy. And he's all crying and Harry's all crying. Ugh. Gets me every time, guys. Huge tip bag. Yeah. No, I'm. Rightfully so. I mean, that's a very well-acted moment in the movie by the guy that played his Cedric's dad and by Daniel Radcliffe as well. Mm-hmm. I chalk it up to it being my favorite scene for one reason, and we'll get to that in my reviews. Okay. So, but I think, unless anybody else has anything else uberly magical that they want to bring up, I think we can jump right into giving our ultimate reviews and ratings for the movie. Okay. Birthday girl, we can let you go first again as well. I will give this one four out of five make old boots. That's pretty good. Not just a make old boot. Four out of five port keys, if you don't understand. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Anyone? No? All right. No, I get it. Because the boot is the port key. Yeah. Why are they all gathering around that manky old boot? It's not just any old manky old boot. It's a port key. That's your transportation to the Tri-Wizard World, or the Quidditch World Cup. Yeah, it loses a star for me because... It makes me cry. <laughs> I don't like it when it makes me cry. And it I makes me cry. To you, as much as you cry in this movie, if somebody not naming any names, Amanda, would get through freaking Prisoner Azkaban, she'd probably be a damn blubbering mess by the end of freaking Goblet of Fire. She will, she'll cry for sure in, in Goblet of Fire. She'll cry at the end, just like I did. And do every time. So yeah, that I have to I have to give it a mark for that. 
Four out of five minky old boots. Four out of five. <laughs> That's good. I'm not going to lie, though. I'm excited to hear what Papa Palpatine has for his because he always seems to come up with the most creative rating system. This is not my best, and it's probably not going to be in my top five of, of ratings I've come up with, but uh, I'm okay with that. Let's let's be honest. It's never going to be one plus one plus two plus one. No, no. I'm not even trying. I'm just trying to get back into my own my own top three, top five. Um, so, uh, this movie could have been paced better. It, it's two and a half hours, and at times it feels like two and a half hours, and at times it doesn't feel like two and a half hours. Yeah. Um, l like I've said uh, throughout, some of the some of the major characters. Uh, for this story, are two-dimensional. All three other uh, contestants in the Triwizard Cup are over-glorified placeholders. Um, that being said, I love this movie. I love the effects. I love the story. I I, I love it end-to-end. -end. Um, and, and I love that it, it really starts... Uh, the full maturation process of the characters and starts moving us towards in much bigger leaps towards what we knew was going to happen uh, the whole time uh, that, that takes us to uh, Deathly Hallows 1 and 2. Mm -hmm. So uh, in in honor of, of my Twinja, and I'm going to be a little inappropriate on the wed, uh, rating here because that's how we do, <laughs> I'm going to give this three and a half, oh my god, I'm going to crumbs. <laughs> oh that's a good one that's a good one i like it so for a lot of the same reasons that both jen and chris both said uh this is a great movie in a lot of ways probably one of the biggest knocks on it is the pacing of the movie isn't always as much as you would like it to be paced, but at the end of the day, it's still a great story. It's well-written. It's well adapted from the book. Um, I can't necessarily say anybody delivered a bad performance in this movie. Um, and I will die on the hill of, this movie really is setting the stage for what's to come in five, six, seven, and eight, because there's an awful lot of horseshit butt fuckery to come. And you're only getting a small taste of that in Goblet of Fire. Well, yeah, it you think it's a lot in Goblet of Fire. Back in this one. So, yeah, it's yeah. definitely the catalyst. So I'm going to go ahead and go with four out of five. Forgive me, Gene, for saying this because I know it's your crying moment, but four out of five dead shimmering vampires. Uh, would that be Dedrick Diggory? That would be Dedrick Diggory. <laughs> They're about to bag him up. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> 
obviously, for those of you who don't know, Cedric Diggory played Edward Cullen in those stupid-ass freaking vampire movies that were based two hours outside my front door. Uh, but he did he did amazing as the Batman, so it's okay. Okay, he has he has redeemed himself. Mm, I mean, I didn't make it through the rest. I I didn't make it through the whole Batman movie. It wasn't Val Kilmer and George Clooney? That's for damn sure. Oh uh, no, there were moments in the Batman where I'm like, are the actors fucking walking in slow motion? Yeah, I could not. I was bored to tears. And everyone's raving about how amazing of a movie it was. And I was just like, I can't even finish it because I am bored to tears. I made it to the first car chase and I was out. Oh, it actually picks up from there. If you made it that far, you, you, you've gotten through most of the get on with it moments. Hmm. I just felt like he was kind of emo in that. Like just... Not even like sexy Bruce Wayne, right? The billionaire playboy. No. The yeah. whole different take. Like he was like a whole other Batman. Well, yeah, well, it was more more grounded, more I hate to use this word in a superhero movie, more realistic. Um <laughs> and uh we finally got to see Detective Batman. Mm. And remember, for the longest time in the comics, the, the the subtitle on the cover was "World's Greatest Detective." Well, yeah, because mm-hmm. the comics debuted in Detective in, Comics. Detective Comics. So, I, I I enjoyed it, but yeah, the movie's not for everybody, and I don't want to go through a whole review of, of the Batman. No, yeah, no, later. sorry, I didn't mean to get off on that. Yeah. No, no. Well, I, oh, I, no. I started it. It's my fault. Cedric it's Diggory did a good job dying as Cedric Diggory. <laughs> yes, he did. Ever cadaver is going to reach out and grab you. Mm-hmm. <coughs> okay, Steve Miller. So I think that just about Stunning wraps worries. up our birthday celebration Wait, for Gene. <laughs> Again, I would like to wish the birthday girl the happiest of happy birthdays and no i think i'll save the ultimate birthday message for the actual day of the birthday and not two days prior i like that save it up my mom is coming to town so i'm excited she'll be here tomorrow her and my stepdad it's gonna be party central at the higgins house I mean, sure, we'll go with that. <laughs> we know how much I love well, party. <laughs> yeah. Out of all the four of us, the most social of the four of us is probably Gene. I'm very social, actually. Just has Don't to actually leave the house to do it. The right time. <laughs> well, yeah, if you bring the party to the Higgins house, Gene will be social. If Gene has to leave the Higgins house to party, yeah. I'll still be social. I mean, if I'm going, I'll be social. (laughs) Just getting me there. But it's all good. And at the end of the day, we're happy to be here and celebrate your 30th birthday with you. That's really nice. It's actually the um, 15th anniversary of my 30th birthday. (laughs) You don't like a day over 43, babe. 
Thank you. So nice. We don't need I wish to they could that. see the hair flip. No one could see the hair flip. <laughs> and then the beard flip. The, the, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can't flip mine. Mine's it has to be manageable for it's all right. Not I need to get my turn to like homeless. <laughs> so as always, I want to thank everybody for being here with us each and every week. The dozens are amazing fans, and we love every one of you. And I will echo that sentiment from my co-host as well, who's not here because she sucks. Because she sucks. But <laughs> like big flopping dog. And I don't have sucks. to worry about her hearing about it because she's not going to listen to this episode. So I can talk all the shit I want and get away with it. The only thing I have to worry about is one of the two of you fools freaking ratting me out. We ain't no What, do you mean by like saying the exact same shit we're saying now? Exactly. Because if you throw me under the bus, I'm throwing y'all under the bus, too. Look, we're going to talk our own shit. We don't need to tell her what you said. We're going to talk our own shit. Exactly. And Meredith Palmer ain't no narc. (laughs) That's why (laughs) Mount Sipmore works as well as it does, because we all talk our shit, and at the end of the day, we're still here, so... We're still um, friends. Before we get out of here, I would like to let Chris have a chance to plug his brand new-ish, still, plod, podcast. I can't talk. The podcast. podcast. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, hopefully recording the second episode, I keep saying that, this week. I keep having other shit to do. Uh, but tomorrow night is free, so hopefully I'll get... Uh, Part, if not all of that recorded, we're talking about the One Step Paintball podcast, where we talk about the culture, the history uh, of the sport of paintball, as well as uh, embracing all styles of play and being informative for every level of player, from the curious to try it out the first time uh, to the professional level. Woo woo! I don't have See? a podcast; I just go on everybody else's. <laughs> And that's your thing, and we love you for doing it. And we appreciate every time that you come back on an evening at the movies or join us on the SIP list or whatever the case may be. And let's be honest, the fact that it's been almost a year since we've talked about a Harry Potter movie, let's not wait a year to do it again. Yeah. I don't know, that pace Amanda might catch know. up. Somebody's busy all the time. I'm looking at you, sir. Oh, that 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 would be the host. I of the mean, show you're busy now, too, but these two nut jobs are—they're like on everybody's podcast every episode. <laughs> yeah, they make me tired. They make me tired. Like they're so busy. I'm just like, whoo, take a breath, y'all. Yes, sometimes there definitely needs to be a breath taken and. It is what it is. It's good. Stuff. But I will honestly say in the last two years, I've grown to love doing this as a hobby. And it's fun to me. And, and at the same time, it can be overwhelming, especially with the fact that I have an evening at the movies. I have season to season with Dre and CJ and Cam. And now... the new one with Amanda and Shanna about the books. I love podcasting and 
it is what it is, and it keeps me out of trouble. So I'm whatever makes complain. you happy, friend. Absolutely. Yep. Once it starts actually episodes. Once it starts feeling like work, then I might have to step back and reevaluate just how much I love to. That's the way to do it. Hobby should right now like a job. Yeah. No, it really shouldn't. And even like last night when we did our classic rock and um, supporting characters on sitcoms draft on the network it was an hour and a half of fun and laughter and shit talking and it is what it is and at the end of the day i'm happy to be doing something semi-productive and not just sitting around twiddling my thumbs yeah waiting for he who shall not be named to show up on my door I wasn't knocking it. I promise. I was just saying that you guys make me tired. Oh, I know. <laughs> and at the end of the day, it makes me tired as well to think about all the stuff that we do because it doesn't seem like a lot. If yes, you're just it does. At it. <laughs> but then, yeah, if you actually stop and pause and fixate your eyes on exactly everything that Amanda and I do, it's like, Holy shit. Well, you know, until I finally guessed it on, on the sip list, however long back that was, I didn't realize how much how much prep was involved to guest, uh, much less mm-hmm. to host. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot. And it it, and it guessing absolutely is, is. Guesting is nowhere near as labor-intensive as actually being the host and having to put everything together and... I'm not complaining by any stretch of the imagination, but like my whole routine for each one of these episodes is note taking and rewatching the movie before we record. I've seen this one enough times that I, I didn't rewatch it, but but yeah, just each and every episode to do one every week and have to rewatch a movie every week, note take every week, and then on top of it prepare stuff for drafts and read books for the book show and cover stuff for the sip list. And Oh Lord. Well, we appreciate all the work that you guys put into your, your podcasts. And And we appreciate you guys letting us come on. Definitely. And like I said, we are not going to be waiting a year to talk about Order of the Phoenix because that's a whole nother special kind of darkness. Tune in soon to find out just how special the darkness is. (laughs) So at the end of the day, um, as always, thank you to the fans. Thank you very much to Gene and Papa Palpatine for being here and helping us celebrate Gene's birthday. Coming up in approximately two and a half months, we will also be celebrating somebody else's birthday who's on this episode. And again, I have to remember what movie he picked for his episode because I don't fucking remember. Uh, I believe at this point we're discussing that that great uh, 1980s classic 
that that wonderful wonderful bit of celluloid um megaforce oh yeah that one did what's come your up. day may 24th that's my dad's birthday you nice. share a birthday with my dad twinja And also at the same time, as much as we need to not have year gaps in between Harry Potter episodes, Papa Palpatine and I need to get back on track for not having year gaps in our Star Wars episodes as well either. Right, and we got to get together so I can record that that intro for you. Still, we haven't gotten back on that either. See, so much on the freaking table, and things get overlooked and passed over, and we need to not do that because at the end of the day. It's all about having fun, and it's all about being who we are and just having a good time. Doing so, the damn thing. Yep. On that note, since it is literally pushing almost 9 o'clock for you guys, and I know that's... Yeah, y'all. That's bedtime. Bedtime. It's time to take drugs, yeah. Old asses. <laughs> so, again, thank you, everyone, for being here. Happy birthday, Gene. Thank you. Again, you are welcome. And for everybody else, we hope you guys all come back for, let me make sure I position the cursor right so I don't hit the wrong button. We hope you guys all come back for an evening at the movies. Have a good night, guys. Bye.